to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, January 6th video was released by Tucker Carlson. He was given the 40,000 uh, hours of video. And look what he did with it. He brought. He broke it. He broke the story. So much so that even Donald Trump had to weigh in and uh, thank him. And uh, touted as perhaps one of the best journalistic scoops in the history of America. It's that it was that profound, and we are going to be playing uh, that particular clip. But Donald Trump also um, uh, made an announcement about that. He, you know, and and also we're going to get into um, after we cover the J sixth. We're also going to be covering. Um, we're going to be covering a little bit of what happened over the weekend, the CPAC, and then, uh, you know, Biden with Selma, if we have a chance. Um, but it's it's truly, truly astonishing, all of this stuff, um, that what we're facing and what we're living through in this world. But here's Donald Trump's statement. Uh, Donald Trump says, congratulations to Tucker Carlson on one of the biggest scoops as a reporter in U.S. history, the new surveillance footage of the January 6th events sheds an entirely different light on what actually happened. The unselect committee, uh, the select committee, was a giant scam and has now equivocally been stamped as, as criminal fabricators of the most important day. Pelosi and McConnell failed on security. The police story is sad and difficult to watch. Trump and most others are totally in innocent. Let them go free. Well, you know, there is some light uh, shed on uh, Ray Epps uh, as well. There was a pack of lies about Sicknick, about Epps, uh, and they never even got into the, uh, the the January 5th pipe bombs, which which I think would have even further indication of this kind of a 
I think infiltration to reflect or, or to mimic a coup. And uh, and then you got all this footage of Trump basically saying protest peacefully. You know, that's all he wanted to do was protest peacefully. So there's a lot of lies and deception. But, you know, the problem is they had two years to run this, run this against one party over the other. So any of my Democrat friends, you know, that just want to cl- turn a blind eye and close their eyes to this, shame on them. Shame on them for doing that because um, it's just it's just irresponsible. They're not putting their country first. They are putting uh, profit ahead of country. And that's what it's all about. Uh, before we get into the J6 thing, I want to play a clip from Joe Rogan that just uh, blew me away. This Joe Rogan clip uh, was was very profound. And um, I think it sums it up best. I think this this sums up why it is that we're having one scandal after another. And just pay attention to all of this. This is just so worthwhile listening to. And then I'm going to replay Milton Freeman's clip that I played last week um, about spending other people's money. And you could figure this out. Anybody can um, figure this out as to why it is that we see this endless corruption of people spending other people's money and and profiting from crises. You remember when Obama's guy, uh, Rahm Emanuel, they ran Chicago into the ground? And he, uh, he said, never let a crisis go to waste. There's always an opportunity in every crisis. But this is a guy that's never, you know, fought in the foxhole. He's just played politics with other people's money and stole from innocent, working, middle-class people. It's like a, you know, it's just so, so poor in character. But let's take a listen to this. This is such a great, great exchange. One of the best analysis on government corruption that I've ever heard. And it comes from a comedian and a UFC uh, fighter. You know, real people. And don't ever tell me that the smartest people in our country are the people across the Midwest and and the working people. Like I said, I've said for many, many years, I would rather have a horse trader or cattle rancher negotiating world trade, global trade, on a global market uh, representing the State Department and the head of state than I ever would a a guy like John Kerry, who's never really worked a hard day in his life. And this is the kind of thing, you know, this is the kind of thing that, uh, you know, this is just pure brilliance right here. So let's take a listen. How can you have energy companies that profit when there's an energy crisis, military industrial complex that profits when it's a war, pharmaceutical companies that profit when there's a pandemic? You're creating the necessity for ongoing crisis. If the elites in the society benefit from situations that are detrimental to everybody else, that's what reality is going to become. That's what reality has become. That's such an important point because that's almost undeniable. And, and, and to say that they wouldn't do that because they value human life and morals and ethics over profit, that's never been exer- no. exhibited. That's not true. That's not a true statement. No, the opposite is true. The opposite is provable. The opposite yeah. is provable whether it's Halliburton or whether it's pharmaceutical companies or 
whether it's politicians or bankers, the, the opposite has always been true, that, prof, that we are profit-driven, and especially if they can find some sort of way to justify these horrific acts some in some way, shape, or form, if they could have this diffusion of responsibility where it's not their call and not their fault, they're part of a corporation, the corporation has to do this, and this is just what we do, you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet, that's where we find ourselves. And um, the only way we're going to get out of this is if we, the, the collective all of us, that whether you're on the left or whether you're on, you're on the right, recognize this stupid game that people are playing. Recognize this hustle and don't get sucked into it. Recognize this hustle. Recognize this hustle and don't get sucked into it. We got to have laws in place and we got to have regulations that prevent this from happening. We got to start with election fraud and we got to basically reject mail-in ballots and ballot harvesters and and uh, we got to get back to uh, the way we used to do elections because every move that's being made is being made because it could be exploited. No voter ID, they say. They say no voter ID. They say uh, you can count the ballots a week after the election's done. Uh, they say that you can... Uh, drop them off in any kind of mailbox, that there's no chain of custody, that we don't need to know who you are, uh, signature verification uh, be damned, uh, and they go on and on and on with this. Of course, everywhere you turn, it's laxing the uh, ways to investigate. And, of course, we know this to be the case when we look at Arizona and we look at that uh, Panzoni, Panzone uh, sheriff that was paid 2 to $3 million from Soros. And, of course, I've been saying this for uh, weeks and months and, and years, that the Soros-backed DAs were just one part, one step, one part. See, they have a whole plan. They have a whole playbook going against someone who does, uh, going against um, their adversary, which is basically the people paying for them. And we don't. We as patriots or we as middle class workers or me, we as taxpayers aren't organized. We're not coordinated. We don't have a playbook. We don't even know we're in a war. We don't even know we're fighting. But we are. We are in a war. And we ought to have a strategy. But we don't have a general. And Trump is that general. Trump is the general. Trump is the guy they could get us retribution. Trump is the warrior, right? Against the government corruption. And it's this government corruption that's absolutely disgusting. Let's take a listen to this Milton Freeman. I played this clip last week. Again, the audio is a little bit trashed, but it's the best audio clip I could find of this. Let's take a listen to this. It's, it's really quite, quite great. Milton Freeman just was such a genius. They have to know is who spends whose money. Consider the following situation. First, you spend your own money. When you spend money, you can spend either your own or somebody else's. You can spend it on yourself or on somebody else. That gives you four sets which are very important to understand. If you spend money on yourself, you're very careful how much you spend and you're very careful how you spend it. If you spend your money on somebody else, you buy a gift for someone. You're still careful about how much you spend, but you don't pay quite so much attention to how you spend it. 
And that is a little worse than spending your own money on yourself. But now if you spend somebody else's money on yourself, that's different. Then you don't care how much you spend, but you're very careful that you get as much as you can for what you spend. But then take the fourth of those. When you spend somebody else's money on somebody else, then you neither give much attention to how much you spend nor how you spend it, how carefully you spend it. And that fourth situation is government. All government can, is, can do is to take some people's money and spend it on other people. And that is why there is so much waste, so much corruption in, in government spending. Bingo. That's exactly right. And Lindsey Graham and John McCain uh, were masters at it, right? Lindsey Graham's been doing it for far too long. And uh, by the way, I <laughs> tweeted something out recently. Bill Gates, uh, uh, Lindsey Graham uh, in 2020, uh, when he wasn't happy with the WHO, WHO, said, I think Bill Gates should run the WHO and and uh, and then I would give him all the money he wants. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but let's take a listen now to uh, Donald Trump. Uh, my favorite clip of Donald Trump over the weekend was this. He's your warrior. He says, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed i am your retribution that is unbelievably strong and that is one of the greatest i think that greatest uh smartest strategies i could think of and he also said i will totally obliterate the deep state think about where we are right now we know that there's no standard of justice we know that there is no uh retribution without trump we know that, uh, you know, we feel pretty confident that um, DeSantis is a little bit uh, um, compromised with uh, investors investing in him because he's the only hope to against Trump. And so the deep state and the uni party in Washington are the ones that are financing him because he's the only game in town that can actually have a chance at beating Donald Trump because he mimicked Trump the best and had the best uh, success story to, 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 as a result of it. But he is not Trump. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so in any case, let's take a listen. Before we get to the I am your warrior, I am your justice, and for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. We're going to play that clip. But we're going to play a 1992 interview with Charlie Rose. Donald Trump says that he loves getting even with people. We are about to see Donald Trump return to the world stage in spectacular fashion and seek vengeance upon his enemies in the spirit of warrior. You know, some of the people that were most loyal to me... You love getting even. Oh, absolutely. They did well enough. I think they do. But anyway, but... But it, tell me, I mean, you, you're going to get even with some people. 
Because yeah, I know. If given the opportunity, if given the opportunity, I will get even with some people that were disloyal to me. I mean, I had a group of people that were disloyal. But how do you define disloyalty? Uh, they didn't come to my aid. Well, they what did they do? do they turned their things. back on you? No, but they didn't do small things that would have helped. You see, I'm so loyal to people, and maybe I'm loyal to a fault, but I'm so loyal to people that when somebody's slightly disloyal to me, I look upon it as a great act of horror. The president begins by wanting to talk about my job. So I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute, three times we've... I love it, right? And um, let's take a listen to this. And if you put me back in the White House... Their reign is over. Their reign will be over. And they know it. And America will be a free nation once again. We're not a free nation right now. We don't have free press. We don't have free anything. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. Not going to let this happen. Not gonna let it happen. I will totally obliterate the deep state. I will fire. So he was a rock star over the weekend and see back. And we're gonna play more clips if we have time there. But I, I can tell you that uh, he, he had a great, great uh, trip there. Um, DeSantis went to Club for Growth, which is basically a, a neocon uh, outlet. Uh, they are n- never Trumpers. And Club for Growth is, uh, you know, a Washington elite established conservative outlet. And... When they did a straw poll at CPAC, the reason why DeSantis didn't go is he knew he would have been showed up. He would, he knew that he would have looked small. Nikki Haley couldn't even fit fill half the ballroom, and the other uh, part, Donald Trump, you know, packed, right? And then now uh, the deep state, the, the the establishment elite, is going after Matt Schlapp and his family and everybody else and trying to. You know, Matt Schlapp was never that huge of a Trump fan, in my opinion, and was part of the deep state and part of the establishment elite. But I think Matt Schlapp and CPAC followed the money because I remember I was there in 2016 and they were not pro-Trump. They were going to wage a coup against Trump. They were not on the Trump train in the beginning. They were on the Ronald McDaniel train in the beginning. I remember and so, you know, I'm not overly impressed with CPAC, but I will say that what has happened is Trump supporters are overwhelmingly engaged because they care about their country and they want to take it back. And so the straw poll came out in CPAC, and it was 62% for Donald Trump and 20% for Governor DeSantis at CPAC. 2,028 votes from attendees. Nikki Haley got 3%, and everybody else got less. Pompeo, Pence. Well, Pence didn't go either, I don't believe. I'm not sure if Pence went, but um, I know that Pence was with DeSantis, 
at the Club for Growth event, and they went to some other events too, but they didn't find time for CPAC because they knew that if they get anywhere near Trump, they're gonna look, they're gonna look like schoolboys, and they don't want that appearance. And Trump was asked if he would consider DeSantis, you know, as a as a running mate, and he said it's too soon to tell, but we'll see. And we'll see how this all plays out. It's going to be quite interesting. But the Fox News has gone overboard and overtime with their endorsement of, you know, not their official endorsement, but their endorsement through through their actions uh, of DeSantis. And yet, you know, the poll that I just read to you, the straw poll, Fox News had to report it. So when I posted that image of the poll and it said Fox News on it, I said, this makes Paul Ryan, Carl Rove, Ronna Romney McDaniel. We're going to start calling Ronna McDaniel, Ronna Romney McDaniel again. And the RNC, very sad. And the RNC is doing a lot of nasty things against Trump. They uh, had this event, um, I forget the name of the event, something, um, uh, I forget the name of the event, but they uh, put it together and they never even invited Trump. Uh, And I guess it's because Trump didn't, uh, you know, get on his knees and and tell them that he would uh, endorse whatever candidate the RNC decides to rig and put out, right? So, um, no. Trump's not going to bite on that apple because the RNC is just as corrupt today as they ever have been. And again, the corruption comes from what what we just heard from Joe Rogan and uh, a, on his show. And, um, you know, that the corruption is that because there's profiteering, there's profit in everything that the people are doing, whether any war, you can count on you can count on that profit. You can count on the events happening again if there's profit and if there's a win at the end of the tunnel, right? So Rick Grinnell says to uh, Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney, shame on you after hearing Tucker Carlson's groundbreaking J6 coverage, okay? And... Mike Davis says, it is unacceptable the Biden Justice Department did not provide Jacob Chansley, who is the, um, who is the guy with the horns, the, the, uh, what do they call him, the Shia or something like that, uh, Jacob Chansley with this critical exculpatory evidence. It is even more unacceptable Judge Royce Lambert did not order it. So it's Judge Royce Lambert or Lamberth, Lamberth, then sentenced him to 41 months in prison. So Jacob Chansley, uh, the uh, QAnon shaman, was basically videotaped being escorted through through the uh, Capitol by Capitol Hill Capitol Hill police. They even went to one door. It was locked. They then worked around. They turned their back on him. They they weren't even following him. He was following them. They were escorting him. 
And so, you know, he was a paid actor. And uh, Miss Devine uh, from New York Post uh, basically uh, said that, you know, that, she, that he's, he's obviously a performance artist. How he got four years, though, is beyond me. So Donald Trump Jr. quoted this. I was told the QAnon shaman was leading an insurrection, not the one who is being led by police throughout the Capitol building. No wonder all the footage was kept from us for two years. As always, they lie to us all. Shame on my Democrat friends who can't even open their eyes and see that they're being lied to. You know, I have yet to see where these kinds of uh, hoaxes, whether it's Jesse Smollett or, you know, any of these hoaxes, I've yet to see where the Republicans initiated this, like the Russian hoax or something like that, or or a perfectly good call with Ukraine and two impeachments uh, trials in, in the House and, you know, a charade. I have not seen any of this being perpetrated from the right to the left. There's no egg on our face. Yet all the Democrats ever do is put egg and splash it all over their face. You know, by getting Jesse Smollett up there and giving him a primetime interview and trying to sell the idea that the other party are a bunch of uh, xenophobes and racists. It turns out Trump was right about China. He wasn't a xenophobe. He was right. You know, when, when it comes to the Wuhan lab, Trump was right. You were right. I was right. And yet we get we get this treatment. How did they keep their jobs? And of course, we've already dissected that. The globalists and their globalist agenda, their green initiatives for control and to uh, uh, maximize the efficiency of slave labor and supply chain channels, and all of the things that the New World Order has in store for us, um, our mRNA jab, uh, jabs, but not just jabs in your arm now. It's not going to even be in vaccines. They're going to put it in your food. They want you th- to be controlled. They want to control you. They want to track you. They want to control your speech. They want to control the elections. They want to control everything while they tear this place apart, this world apart. The climate's never going to be anything, uh, any improved. Uh, there's not going to be any improvement to the climate. If, if, if the world population uh, just moves around and, and all the slave laborers are in China and India, it's still going to be that they're blowing smoke through the chimney stacks. They're still going to need petroleum and natural oil and gas. They're still going to need all of this to produce all of these things. This electrical vehicle thing, I think, is a fad. I think that it will continue to last. People, There are people that prefer electric vehicles, and there is some promise to it. But there, it, it could never... Like just, and, and I say that like I would talk about solar panels or windmills. How great of an idea. But in the reality of things, a solar panel doesn't 
produce enough electricity, nor does a windmill. But yeah, if I could put a windmill in my backyard and get free electric or um, or have a natural stream that generates uh, like a like a dam um, or, uh, or, or have a solar panel on my roof, yeah, why not? You know, to live off the grid. But that's not what it's about, really. It's not about living off the grid. It's putting you on a grid. It's about putting your dishwasher, your washer machine, and your refrigerator on a grid to control your carbon footprint tax. See, it's the exact opposite of what it could have been used for. It's about government controlling you more rather than you having less government in your life and being more independent. You see, that's the problem. So here we are. We've come to the point where we're going to go ahead and play this Tucker Carlson clip. And I think it's a doozy. For those of you that may not have heard the whole thing, we are going to play it for you right now here. The real crime, they will tell you again and again, is not what happened on Election Day 2020. The real crime is what happened two months later on January 6th when Donald Trump led an insurrection against the duly elected American government. To prove that claim and to divert attention from the details of the presidential election itself, Democrats in Congress impaneled what they called the House Select Committee on the January 6th attack. The point of that committee was to prevent Donald Trump from running for president again. In December of last year, committee members voted unanimously to refer Trump to the Department of Justice for criminal prosecution, mission accomplished. But what the committee did not do was explain what happened inside the Capitol on January 6th. Three weeks ago, thanks to the new Republican Speaker's Office, we gained access to thousands of hours of surveillance video that help answer that question. The January 6th committee had access to this very same tape and watched much of it. But as we're about to show you, committee members lied about what they saw and then hid the evidence from the public as well as from January 6th criminal defendants and their lawyers. That is unforgivable. Whatever you think of Speaker Kevin McCarthy, he rectified that crime, and we are grateful that he did. Before we show you the tape, a few words on the process. Our producers had unfettered access to the Capitol surveillance video. Neither the Speaker's office nor our bosses at Fox News interfered in any way with our investigation. Of the 40,000 or so hours of tape, most of it turned out to be irrelevant. Static shots of empty rooms, in some cases far from the Capitol itself. To find relevant videotape, our producers were given use of Capitol computers with advanced mapping software. That made it easy to find what we were looking for. What we didn't have was access to facial recognition software, and that was significant. For more than two years, we have wondered why some in the crowd that day who seemed to be inciting violence were never indicted for it. We assumed these were federal agents of some sort. We still assume that. And in fact, there were many examples of behavior we saw in those tapes that didn't seem to make sense. Men in civilian clothes holding doors open for protesters, escorting others through the Capitol, etc. We would love to know who these people were. But as of tonight, we don't know. And because we don't know, we're not going to put their faces on the screen and suggest they were federal agents. That would be irresponsible. So there were many mysteries we could not solve. Among them, unfortunately, is the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. From the evidence we have, the publicly available evidence, it seems clear that Babbitt was murdered by a Capitol Hill police officer called Michael Byrd. 
Ashley Babbitt was unarmed. She was shorter in stature than average. She posed no conceivable threat to anyone. But beyond that, we can only speculate about what happened. There were no security cameras near the speaker's lobby where Ashley Babbitt was killed. And one more thing. Virtually no one in Washington, Republican or Democrat, certainly not in the news media, wanted to see this tape released tonight. That's why it's remained hidden for more than two years. In recent weeks, the usual hyenas in Congress and on cable news have been howling about we are putting lives at risk by showing this tape to the public. Given that these are the very same people who support open borders and defunding the police, it is hard to take their complaints seriously. But we do take security seriously. So before airing any of this video, we checked first with the Capitol Police. We're happy to say their reservations were minor, and for the most part, they were reasonable. In the end, the only change that we made was in blurring the details of a single interior door in the Capitol building. You're unlikely even to notice it when we show you, and we are confident it does not affect our reporting. With that, here's the video. It doesn't answer every question from January 6th, far from it. But it does prove beyond doubt The Democrats in Congress, assisted by Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, lied about what happened that day. They are liars. That is conclusive. And that fact should prevent them from ever being taken seriously again. We're going to begin tonight with footage that shows you what was actually happening inside the Capitol. The footage does not show an insurrection or a riot in progress. Instead, it shows police escorting protesters through the building, including the now infamous QAnon shaman. Watch. These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, They controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the Speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. They're there because they believe the election was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. These are not rioters. 
These are people who wandered over from a political rally. We will not let them silence your voices. After the rally, they walked down Pennsylvania Avenue, where organizers had secured a federal permit to hold a legal rally on the grounds of the Capitol. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Once at the Capitol building, things began to get chaotic. Capitol police officers fired tear gas into the crowd. A few at the front of the herd broke windows. Someone opened the doors, and many hundreds of others just walked in. They're going to make that the story. Of course, they did make it the story. And at the center of it, the single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us in this building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th, the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. He should be killed. Shoot him. Shoot him. Like, if it, you burst into the United States, if he was dressed like bin Laden, would he have shot him? Shoot him. Shoot him. It makes you wonder, who are the violent extremists here? Not Jacob Chansley. And the video proves that. But you would never have known from the media coverage. The people sitting in the chairs need to be sitting in a jail cell. Chansley is in a jail cell. He's been there for months. If he was, in fact, committing such a grave crime, why didn't the officers who were standing right next to him place him under arrest? Until now, no one could even prove that even happened. But it did. Wow. So, you know, the guy that said shoot him is John McCain's, uh, was John McCain's political advisor and the one who sabotaged um, Sarah Palin. And of course, we heard Lindsey Graham there saying they should all rot in jail. What kind of monsters are these so-called Republicans that were running the uni party into the ground just to do the corruption that we we heard from the Rogan clip earlier in the show. And 
you know, that's the kind of thing that's perpetuating all of this. Here's the Ray Epps piece that we uh, didn't hear yet. Let's take a listen to this Ray Epps piece. One of the enduring mysteries of January 6th is the role that intelligence and law enforcement agencies played in the events of that day. We know there was some number of undercover federal agents in the crowd at the Capitol. Officials have since admitted that under oath. But what exactly were they doing there? The January 6th committee worked hard to hide the answer to that question. We do know from contemporaneous videotape that a mysterious figure called Ray Epps encouraged the crowd to go into the Capitol. For some reason, Epps has never been indicted for that. But there's no question he did it. We need to go into the Capitol! Under public pressure, the January 6th committee finally interviewed Ray Epps. Epps told the committee that he never entered the Capitol and therefore never committed a crime. His text messages showed that at 2.12 p.m., he boasted to his nephew that he had, quote, orchestrated the protests at the Capitol. He admitted he helped get people there. Yet, curiously, congressional Democrats consider Ray Epps an ally, not an insurrectionist. Tonight, we can tell you that at the very least, Ray Epps lied in his sworn testimony to the January 6th committee. Epps testified that when he sent the text messages to his nephew, he had already left the Capitol grounds to return to his hotel room. That is not true. The surveillance footage we found shows that, in fact, Ray Epps remained at the Capitol for at least another half an hour. You're seeing that on your screen now. What was Epps doing there? We can't say, but we do know that he lied to investigators. The January 6th committee likely knew this too. Democrats had access to the same tape, yet they defended Ray Epps. No honest investigation would do that. And the tapes were bookmarked, meaning that they had been looked at. There is proof that those videotapes had been seen. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and... Yeah, and then there was a, a, the Sicknick video here. Let's take a listen to this about the, this. As this was a hit piece on Josh Hawley. Let's take a listen. When the committee wasn't accusing Republican office holders of planning riots on January 6th, it was accusing them of running away from those riots like cowards. In the case of Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, the committee and their allies accused him of both. Josh Hawley is a To prove that Josh Hawley was a coward, The committee released video of him loping out of the building on the afternoon of January 6th with a police escort. The tape became a staple on social media. Democrats laughed with derision. Later that day, Senator Hawley fled. After those protesters he helped to rile up stormed the Capitol. See for yourself. But in fact, the surveillance footage we reviewed shows that famous clip was a sham, edited deceptively by the January 6th committee. The clip was propaganda, not evidence. The actual videotape shows that Hawley was one of many lawmakers being ushered out of the building by Capitol Hill police officers. And in fact, Hawley was at the back of the pack. The coward tape was a lie, one of many from the January 6th committee. So it was just a pack of lies. Why were they lying? Now, over the weekend, also, uh, you had um, uh, Joe Biden go down to Selma, and uh, 20 times Joe Biden lied about being uh, a civil rights activist. Uh, we have a medley of tape for that. 
Um, Joe Biden also in 1977, Biden said integrating black students would turn schools into a jungle, a racial jungle. I don't want my children to grow up in a jungle, a racial jungle, he said. Uh, pretty pathetic. Uh, he um, endorsed and honored the life of Robert Burr. Joe Biden is so ill-liked, so disliked in his own party, in the Democrat Party, that when asked in a recent poll, should Biden run for re-election, among Democrat voters, 62% say Joe Biden should not run. No, was the answer. Should Biden run for re-election, was the question. And the answer, no, was given 62% of the time by Democrat voters. That's according to an Associated Press poll. That's a real poll. It's hard to believe this is the guy that got 81 million votes, more than Obama and more than Trump. The most popular president we've ever had in our history. And... In addition to that, in addition to that, 78% of all voters do not want uh, Biden to run for re-election, which is pretty amazing. I think we have a caller. Caller, you're on the air? Uh, yes, real quick. A year ago today, I was in Washington, D.C. at the trial of Coy Griffin. I attended all of those two days of the trial. They showed a video there for the January 6th, and it was the scene where there was a metal door. It was a security door that's in the basement that goes underneath that all these people were standing in front of trying to get in. Those police rolled that door up, okay? They knew those people were out there. They rolled it up knowing that, and in front of the first three rows were, guess who? Antifa. It clearly showed that there were Antifa in the first row. Oh, yeah. I thought that. I never had proof, but I always thought that. I I never had the proof, so I couldn't speak to it. And I saw this video with my own eyes. Go ahead. Yeah, I saw this video with my own eyes in the court trial, and they were Antifa. The people behind them were Trump people, peaceful Trump flags, and they opened it up, and they calmly walked in, but the leaders who walked in first were all the Antifa. This is the most biggest tragedy of our country, what's going on now. And I hope there's only justice in the future. Well, you know, God they're, bless you for talking about this. They're, in essence, uh, starting the Civil War. They're the ones firing the first shot with these, these charades, with these attacks. And don't tell me for one second that the Justice Smollett calling all MAGA supporters racists wasn't an attack. That's that. That's a modern-day attack, just like in the old days, uh, someone shooting a gun across the field. I mean, it is just as, as vile and as vicious as anything else. This war of propaganda, the info war, uh, so to speak, is, is the war of our time. Uh, the censorship and the social media is all part of modern-day warfare. Uh, so our ransomware and cyber attacks and all kinds of things. We, we, we have war, but it's in a virtual sense now. And um, this, this, uh, this level of, this unprecedented level of bias is just um, 
is all part of a a war tactic and uh and we have to realize that we are in a struggle for our survival and the democrat party has stooped to the lowest of lows and i cannot believe i have great friends that are democrats that support this nonsense it's insanity and the only reason they went after Clay griffith he was the guy who was cowboys for trump so they singled him out he was amongst hundreds of thousands of people, but they didn't prosecute them. But they went after him because he was a preacher and he was a Cowboys for Trump. That's where they wanted him. And they convicted him of one charge. The judge let him off the other one. Yeah. He should have been charged for anything. He should have been dragged in there. But travesty of justice in, in, in every sense. We're in a civil war. Yep. God help us. That's All right. Thank you for calling. Thank Take you. care. All right. Um, All right. So. Yeah, so here is a, uh, let's see where I'm going to go. Oh, I wanted to play this clip. There are two clips i got to play before we head out of Dodge. Um, this is by uh, the Leo, the, uh, Leo Terrell. He's a black conservative. Message to Mike Pompeo and Nikki Haley. Let's take a listen. Hi, Leo 2.0 here. Just saw Mike Pompeo on television. You know, loyalty is missing in politics. President Trump appointed Mike Pompeo and Nikki Haley to high positions within his cabinet. And now they're throwing him under the bus. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that Pompeo and Nikki Haley, who want to become president, they're throwing President Trump under the bus. I don't like it. I'm a Trump guy all the way. I'm going nowhere. I believe in loyalty. President Trump made America great. And if we elect him again, he will make America great again. God bless President Trump. God bless America. Absolutely. Um, and we got to hear Trump's, uh, my favorite clip from Trump today. Uh, but likely tomorrow we're going to be playing a lot more clips from his CPAC. Um, but in any case, I want to play this uh, one last audio clip uh, with um, Jacob uh, P Peterson. Uh, let's take a listen. And the gay community is going to wake up to this sooner or later. Is that This is about the um, uh, Disney and trans and uh, it's, it's quite interesting. Let's take a listen. Most of the kids being sterilized and mutilated are gay. 80% of them. So I don't see how the LGBT alliance is going to hold up under that sort of reality. <sighs> yeah, that's for sure, man. What a crazy And here, here, oh, let's add something equally ugly to it. Since we haven't gone far enough yet. So here, we'll do a little bit of arithmetic. So a while back, Disney executive mentioned on video, this is when Florida went after Disney. It was all when this was happening. She came out and said, I think she was head of domestic programming for Disney. She said, well, I have two children, five and seven. One is trans and the other is pansexual. And I just thought mathematically right away, it's like the chance you have a trans kid is one in 3,000. That's not a very high chance. And let's say the chance that you have a pansexual kid is the same, whatever pansexual means. I don't even know how to calculate those odds. But whatever that is, is rarer than trans because no one ever even heard about it until five years ago. 
So the joint probability that you have a trans kid and a pansexual kid is one in nine million. The odds that you're a pathological narcissist sacrificing your own children to the glorification of your compassion is 8,999,999 to 1. So like, do you have a trans kid and a pansexual kid? Or are you a devouring mother? Well, you can look at the odds and decide for yourself. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Look, man, Freud was no dummy. When he pointed to the fact that the devouring mother was one of the major impediments to proper human development, he knew that. Mm. Looking deep into the darkest families and seeing this proclivity of the overprotective mother to destroy the developing integrity of the child, to keep the child infantile, to cling to that relationship instead of developing life for herself and letting the child go flourish. That's Hansel and Gretel. Well, that was pretty heavy, right? <laughs> that was pretty, pretty doggone deep. Well, as you could tell, I have a little bit of a cold, and uh, I took uh, the day off yesterday, and we ran a, a, a repeat show, but uh, we're going to be doing live shows uh, this week, and, um, you know, God willing and uh, health willing, um, but uh, the situation is also we're, uh, I'm, I'm in a remote location using a remote uh set up so i'm hoping that the audio is okay uh and that we're coming across uh well um but uh i brought the uh on my trip i brought the uh mobile unit uh because i knew that uh the uh j6 footage was going to be you know was going to be coming out and i wanted to be prepared for it because uh it was just too good you know too too interesting to not cover and um, in any case, there's going to be more uh, as we uh, as as the masses get a hold of this 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 video footage. Uh, we are going to learn more and more about our corrupt government, and shame on them! Shame on them for betraying the trust of the American people. Well, with that, I want to ask everybody to go over to MAGAPAC and find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Make a donation over there at MAGAPAC if you can, because it's something that helps sustain Scott Adams Show and Red State uh, Talk Radio and our affiliates like WFYL 1180 AM in Philadelphia. Um, so we really appreciate your support. And also check out buglecall.org, buglecall.org, same Organization is magapack.org, just a different different flavor. And uh, use Red State over at, uh, as a promo code over at mypillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody. Town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up 